0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Carbizarre Podcast. My name is Coach, and I'll be your host for episode one of this little offshoot show that we're going to be trying out. So this episode that we'll talk about, science, space, and the multiverse, and in the context of Magic the Gathering, a lot of players cling on to that this is mostly a fantasy, medieval, or non-modern type of game, and... In this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the things that have been explored, introduced, and why certain things are probably not going to be touched or just theories and ideas that could be floating around and potentially what he could eventually get to my other genres and card games have gone through over the years. So I've written down multiple questions. Think about some of the stuff that happens in the multiverse, happens in Magic the Gathering, and just to kind of see what the science background is and see what, how the lore goes about stuff like this. So let's talk about from a planar perspective. Is each plane of existence the same? So early days of Magic the Gathering, we were mostly focused on Dominaria. Eventually we did get out of Dominaria. We got out to other planes of existence. When it got to the Magic the Gathering books, we did hit other planes as well. Visiting Dominaria has been less frequent over the years. And it kind of makes you wonder what the planes of existence operate, act, as far as nature goes, as far as how different things go. So just a couple things to, and this is in no particular order whatsoever. What are the number of hours in a day for different planes of existence? Are they still based on Dominaria, where Dominaria is based on Earth, even though Dominaria is typically considered two to two and a half times larger than Earth itself, and it's based on that planet itself? If so, that means that... If each plane has the same number of hours, they are spinning at the same time as Dominaria, or they're going at proportional speed to where they are hitting 24 hours in a day. If they are not, what do the days and night cycles look like? Are they longer, shorter? Another question. How many days are in one year for other planes of existence? So in Dominaria, you're hitting about 400 plus days, 420 days, I believe, in one Dominarian year. Is that the same for other planets? Is that the same for other planes in this multiverse, in this space of existence? And what about time? When we talked about hours and days, what about the number of minutes? Is it still 60 for every hour? Now, probably to make these things simple, the authors of the books and authors of the lore and the short stories probably wanted to just make it simple and wanted to base it on real life. They wanted to base it on real time so it makes it easier for the reader To understand what concepts and what measurement is being taken place. So, from a story standpoint, it's simplistic. For the reader standpoint, it is simplistic and it makes it easy to understand compared to just going through and creating a whole new measurement system for the different planes of existence. But it makes you wonder is everything the same? Because we know just from our own experience, from our own existence in the universe, that different planets. Are not habitable based on the distance away from the star that they're in with the solar system, or they're not in that Goldilocks zone, or they're too far away, they're too close, where they burn up, they're not large enough, or they're gas giants to where there is no actual physical land like Jupiter. How large are the different planes of the multiverse? Well, they're all about the same size as Dominaria. Are they smaller, bigger, about the same size? Because when it comes to planet size, that also brings up the question of how gravitational pull works. If you're like our planet, to where the gravitational pull is around 10 meters per second per second, and you compare that with Dominaria, which is technically the same thing, 10 meters per second per second, it brings up the theory that people have brought up in the lore stories or in people discussing the stories and just some of the science behind it that Dominaria might be a hollow planet. So if the planets are of different sizes, smaller, larger, how does that affect their gravitational pull? If they're massively smaller than Dominaria, their gravitational pull would be a lot different. If they're a lot larger, it would also be a lot different as well. So if you're, going from, so if you're a planeswalker and going from plane to plane to plane, and all these planes are different sizes and have potentially different gravitational pulls, then what's to say that a planeswalker going from one end to another is either not going to be like the moon where they jump and bound and they they're able to jump six times more than what they typically can or if they go to another plane of existence that they just show up to the plane and they're immediately crushed by the gravitational pull because the gravitational pull is so much stronger stuff like that doesn't get really explored and it's this is kind of nitpicking at this point but it just kind of makes you wonder some of the science behind it like What's to stop Chandra from going plane to plane to plane or like Urza when in the old stories where he goes from plane to plane to plane after the Brothers War and doesn't get immediately crushed by different gravitational pulls or just floats away or any of that. It, it just kind of makes you wonder or if planeswalkers in that sense have powers to where they're not affected by gravitational pull or if they're not affected by the different gravitational pulls. So do planeswalkers also have different abilities when it comes to gravitational pull or comes to when they're on an actual plane itself how is the multiverse theorized to have been created their own existence so far the scientific theory is that there was a big bang 14.7 billion years ago and over time we eventually have all the stuff that we have now just the big bang in a nutshell Other people in religious areas think that we have been specially created, that there was magic, that there was these miracles that were pulled off, whatever deity that you believe in, that they made the universe. In Magic's case, we got a little bit of some creation when it comes to the creation of like the dragons, the Elder Dragons specifically, from a Dominarian standpoint, the Equilorians, who are probably the oldest civilization in the multiverse, but there is nothing... To where they don't talk about the start of the universe. Or the, the start of the multiverse. That really, that idea hasn't been explored. About the origins of the universe. About the origins of how things were created. And I know a lot of genres don't necessarily do that per se. But an origin story. And just how things were created. And finding what's all behind the magic scenario. What's all behind mana and ether. And all that it would be a very interesting concept how the planes of existence were created this kind of goes along with the multiverse how were they created were they created roughly the same as our universe or were they specially created are there gods in the blind attorneys are there gods in space to where they are creating stuff why do different planes have mostly the same creatures and some of the creatures you guys know I'm talking about, I mean humans, elves, dwarves, goblins, especially dragons most definitely, you know, there's there's a whole there's a there's a creature list that shows up on most planes, on 90% of planes that show up, it's base creature sets that show up. And in that regard, why do each of these planes have separate creatures that are on the same planet? You know, with some of the space the games like Mass Effect, you know earth has humans and when you go over to and see and get introduced to the other species and like the space games they're getting introduced to all these hugely different species of creatures uh, these different beings when you're going from plane or when you're going from galaxy to galaxy but when it comes to a plane of existence like this it seems like most planes have every single creature type or very similar creature types or each plane of existence has humans. Most planes of existence have elves. Most planes of existence have goblins, dwarves, merfolk. They all seem to show up on planes and it kind of makes you wonder how did they get there? Are they going through the same process at the same time? Or is Dominaria more than... You know, Dominaria is considered the nexus where... Mana flows and it influences the other planes of existence. Now, that was also before the mending happened, and we'll kind of get to that later down the road. But it makes you wonder is the Nexus more than just giving mana, or is it an influence where creatures show up on different planes? Is evolution a thing in the multiverse? Is evolution a thing in the Magic the Gathering universe, or is it just like special creation, where, you know, if the planes of existence were specially created? You know, it could also mean that the creatures were also specially created, maybe at the same time, maybe the same kind of defaults from, you know, from creatures of the other planes. But did things evolve? Did things evolve from a smaller organism to where it branches out and makes all the species that we have on these different planes of existence? Or let's just say, let's just say Dominaria, for instance, was evolution happening on Dominaria. Was there a small life form that branched out into what would be basically our tree of life? Basically our, all these different species that came out of a single organism? Or were they specially created? Now, being that it's Magic the Gathering, being that it has magic in the name, it kind of insinuates that some special force created all these different things at the same time. But that's never actually really been proven to a very high extent. And it kind of makes you wonder, Did are, are some of these concepts that we have, could they potentially bleed over? Could Watsi potentially get into some of these things? They've talked about, you know, they have cards where it insinuates, you know, evolution and evolving with different creatures. So, could the case be made for evolution possibly happening on these planes? Or let's just, just the base... The base where most of the stuff happened could evolution have happened on Dominaria, or was it specially created, or was did something some greater being create Dominaria just out of nowhere and just made it as it is, made all the creatures as it is? Is planeswalking an ability given by chance, or is it a genetic mutation? Now, it's been explained in the books, explained, it's been talked about in the Thran that. Basically, the character Diefed in the Thran talks about that beings that have the Planeswalker Spark are one in a billion. How does that happen? Is it given to them randomly? Is it a mutation? And if it's a mutation, can it be passed down? Can it be essentially hereditary? Can it be passed down from generation to generation to where, essentially, if you have a Planeswalker quote-unquote mutation or trait, you could possibly have... Whole civilizations or whole groups of people or groups of creatures that could planeswalk. So planeswalking itself, the trait itself, one in a billion creatures have it. How do they actually get it? How does the planeswalker spark actually given to a creature? So planeswalking itself, or just how do you get the trait itself and the ability, can be explained a little bit more. The Blind Eternities... The Blind Eternities are potentially the space between planes of existence. And it's said to have chaotic energies, said to be where ghosts could die off. It's said to where only the toughest of creatures, only the strongest of creatures can survive in the Blind Eternities. With that being said, is the Blind Eternities kind of like our space? Does it operate the same? Because if you talk about it from a scientific standpoint... Scientists are bringing up that 95% of our universe could potentially be made of dark matter. Would that be the case here? Or is it another type of raw energy that that could actually be seen? Is it like brighter colors? Can it actually be detected by the naked eye? And if so, if that raw energy can be seen, can it be harnessed? What I mean by that is, Can civilizations from other planes, if they discover the Blind Eternities, could that energy be taken and siphoned into creating mana, into creating electricity, into creating energy, to power civilizations, and to advance themselves? Can the Blind Eternities essentially be this massive reservoir of energy that could be used for good or ill, for advancement or destruction? That, to me, and out of all this stuff... For me, this is the biggest thing I would like Watsi to explore is to go more into the Blind Eternities. Because if you go more into the Blind Eternities, then you could have a story and you could have a campaign maybe for D&D or for stuff that could be written about in a book to where they talk about the Blind Eternities or civilizations harnessing the power of the Blind Eternities energies from part of their plane to where they are advancing... Technologically, and you could still have it to where it's like the Brothers War, where they're getting, they're still having this high power technology. You don't have to necessarily do like the whole space opera. You don't have to necessarily do where they become super futuristic. But to have a story to where a civilization has come to harness the power of the Blind Eternities and could be used for ill purposes to potentially destroy other parts of their planet or to or to have this imperial kind of takeover with other parts of the planet that would be a cool story to go into and maybe have a job for the planeswalkers to go and stop them to stop this advanced technological civilization from taking over the planet and potentially destroying this technology of getting this energy from the blind eternities that would be to me that would be the coolest thing is if they expand upon the Blind Eternities. And if it truly is raw energy, that can be harnessed and that a civilization could actually take that energy and use it for something. Is there a civilization in the multiverse that could potentially have space age technology? To me, Wizards is probably not going to go this route. To me, Wizards is not going to go into the space age futuristic type of deal. Other genres, other video games have done the where they have combined magic and science to where they could still make a good story to me i think wizards would not want to go along this route now space age technology maybe not but having to maybe potentially where science and magic do get combined like like in some of the game series that that we like to play like final fantasy for instance is one of the first franchise that comes up where they do indeed You know, especially in the later series, where they combine science and magic to create the civilization that, you know, things are based around. Um, Another game that pops up real easy is Lost Odyssey. Uh, Lost Odyssey, where you have magic and science again. You know, people, people are relying on this magic science technology to go about their lives. Magic the Gathering could easily go along this route. Combine science and magic to where they have something new. And I I mean, on a grand scale, I think the space age stuff to where there could be a civilization that travels the planes, they could say it's in existence. But I think to me, overall, that would completely mess up the fan base to where you start adding like spaceships and stuff, things going from in between planes to other planes, even though we have even though they have created stories where warp drive is basically a thing or you know, wormholes are potentially a thing when they're going from plane to plane. You know, the idea of wormhole technology and the skyship weather, like that's basically what it is. They're using, they're basically using wormhole technology to go from plane to plane in a matter of an instant. But I think the idea of actually going into the blind eternities or going into space, to me, sometimes that would probably be a deal breaker. I mean, just having space age stuff in Magic the Gathering, that's probably a deal breaker for most people anyway. Anyway, moving on with some of the other ideas that, have been floating around in my head, and just people I've been talking to, and just kind of what their ideas are, and kind of what their questions are. Dominary was the Nexus for some time, and this was mentioned earlier in the episode. And pre-mending stuff, yes, it absolutely was. It was an influence on some of the other planes of existence. When it talks about mana, when it talks about other things that it influenced, but since the mending, since it got fixed, it is not the Nexus anymore. What is the new nexus of the multiverse? Where is it at? Could this potentially show up later down the road? Could it potentially show up soon? You know, the idea with the mending and the plane of Dominaria getting fixed, essentially, when you get up to like planar chaos, when you get up to future site, time spiral, that era, and when they talk about the story of having certain places fixed, one of the things that I was actually brought up was that, especially in planar chaos, that Alternate characters were coming into the picture that had different outcomes. They weren't clones, but they were characters that followed a different path. So one of the things that came up was parallel universes and do they exist? In the case of the time spiral block, yes, they do. So in this case, parallel universes do exist in the multiverse in that decisions made made by one person in this time and existence, another choice could have been made in another universe. But it also brings up the idea that in the multiverse, the parallel universes are kind of just like ours potentially, where, you know, and this is not a for, this is not a for sure thing. We're still trying to figure this out, but there could be an infinite number of parallel universes where I make a choice now to make this podcast. And in an alternate universe... Don't do this podcast at all. And if you conflate that with the number of decisions that are made, not just every second of every minute with everyone on this planet, but you have to expand that to the entire universe. And it basically gets to where there's basically close to an infinite number of different parallel universes. In this case, with the time spiral block, parallel universes do exist. Where does Earth come into the picture? When you're talking about the story of Magic the Gathering, could Earth potentially be a plane of existence that happens in the multiverse? Majority of people, I, don't, I think, do not want Earth to be part of the multiverse. That being said, stuff that was explored early on in Magic the Gathering was the story of Arabian Nights. It's based on stories of the Middle East, and it's based on our, our own histories and mythologies of that region. The other thing that could be potentially brought up, what about Portal Three Kingdoms? Portal Three Kingdoms is based on Chinese history, based on romance of the three kingdoms. They have the same characters in it. And looking at some of the research that I've done right before this show, is that while it is based on Earth's history, has been considered to be a parallel universe. Is basically considered to be part of the non-main story of existence so whether they're going to call it you know if they do bring this up again they do bring this idea of parallel universes you know is earth actually a thing i don't think they're actually going to go along with the earth idea last couple points i want to pull up before we end this episode and before we kind of go along with some other stuff and some other ideas for the next episode being that i play D and seeing some of the new products like the Theros storybook and also the Ravnica City of Guild storybook. Ravnica definitely was fun. We're still playing that campaign. Made a character to where, you know, it. we're going through and I know most of the stuff that's going on in Ravnica. I know most of the things that are happening. Most of the things that I know the background to. So, when playing the Ravnica story, it's coming along very, very quickly. And then having Theros come into the picture also in the D&D stories in the D&D campaigns, it's a great concept to explore, you know, like the Greek mythology, Roman mythology kind of ideas. If Magic the Gathering planes are coming into the D&D universe, does that also mean that the planes from D&D are also connected with Magic the Gathering or could they bring some of the D&D planes into Magic the Gathering's existence? For instance, the plane that happens in the campaign uh like in the, in the Strahd campaign, one of the original D&D stories when it first started, is the plane from the Strahd campaign, could that potentially be used in Magic the Gathering later on now that D&D and MTG are owned by Wizards of the Coast? And now since they're using Theros and Ravnica in the D&D stories, what more is going to come out where they have this blurb between D&D and MTG universes starting to combine? Will D&D planes come in eventually to the Magic the Gathering universe? The last thing I want to mention is, where do you think the direction the Magic the Gathering storyline is going to go overall in the next five years? What would be your theory? If you had to kind of make a bet on how the story of Magic the Gathering was going to go and how some of these concepts are going to be explored and what concepts are going to be explored, what would they be? If you have any ideas of what's going to go on, One of the first places you could go to is go to my Twitter account. Look up coach at the Carbazar CC. Mention me as to what you would like to talk about, what you would like to be seen from a story standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, and just leave me your thoughts. You could also DM me in Twitter as well. You could also leave just a random YouTube comment on any one of my videos by looking up the Carbazar on the YouTube search bar. Just comment wherever. I usually see the comments. I usually respond to them within the same day. But if you have any ideas or theories about some of the stuff going on, leave your feedback in one of those comments and I'll get back to you. So that's it for the first episode of the Carbazaar podcast, talking about space, time, science, the multiverse. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, along with subscribing to the Carbazar YouTube channel, where you can find my Cart anthology episodes, where you can find the Magic the Gathering timeline, where you can find a whole bunch of videos that relates to stuff with the Magic the Gathering universe. Next episode, I'm not really sure what we're going to do for the next episode. Like I said, this is a completely offshoot podcast. I'm basically going to do just kind of whatever comes to mind and hope you enjoy the listen. Make sure for the next episode of the Carbazar podcast, make sure you bring a friend to help with the listenership. Make sure they subscribe as well. And before you know it, we're going to get this ball rolling to where hopefully we could get a few prominent listeners and see if we could take this podcast anywhere. So that's all I have for you, everyone. Coach over here from the Carbazar podcast